WTBN Pinellas Park, W262CP Bayonet Point. Brought to you by Moss Nissan. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Fascinating. This verse doesn't teach that the secular world is going to kill them, but the religious world is going to kill them. The religious world is going to oppose Christ far more than the secular world, and that has generally been true in history. We will hear the evidence of that truth today on Verse by Verse. We're glad to have you with us for another lesson from God's Word by Pastor Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve is the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Very often, when a member of a respectable, church-going family says that they have been born again, that family treats the person with a hostility that they would never have toward any other creature on the planet. On the surface, that doesn't make any sense. But when you understand what Jesus said about religion, you understand why it happens. Our text for this lesson is in Mark chapter 15. But let's go to John 15 and read something Jesus said that will help us understand why the otherwise nice families of believers are often so cruel to their Christ-following members. More importantly, we'll find out how we are to respond. Here's Pastor Steve with our lesson. Now watch this. Let's go on. Verse 23, he who hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sinned. But now they have both seen and hated me and my father as well. What is he saying? The point is this. Jesus is saying, I came and I perfectly revealed God to you by my words, by my works, by my life. And in your rejection of me, you have committed the sin of rejecting God's full revelation of himself. And therefore, the mask of your hypocrisy has been ripped off. Ripped off. These religious leaders said, we love God. We're children of Abraham. We're children of the covenant. No, God is our father. By Jesus coming and saying, if you love God you would love me because I am God. And they crucified him. Jesus said, that proves that you hate God. It proves it. You would know who I am. The world is at enmity with God. The the world is not neutral. The world is at enmity with God. Romans 8, 7 says that the carnal mind is at enmity with God. It hates God. Uh, Look, if you will, John chapter 8. Turn back a a few chapters. John chapter 8. Unbelief is very wicked. It is not a neutral thing. And I want you to see this. And religious unbelief is is even more hideous because it's it's hypocritical. John chapter 8, verse 37. Look at the way the religious leaders spoke to Jesus. Jesus said, I know you're Abraham's offspring. I mean, I know you're physical descendants of Abraham. They told him that. I mean, you know. He knew that. Yet you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. I speak the things which I have seen from my father. Therefore, you also do the things which you've heard from your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. And you know that they had to answer with uh, sort of being indignant. Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you are Abraham's children, do the deeds of Abraham. But as it is, you're seeking to kill me, a man who has told you the truth, which I heard from God, this Abraham did not do. 
You are doing the deeds of your father. They said to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. But notice verse 42, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. You'd love me. For I proceeded forth and have come from God, for I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. What an incredible statement. You see, man hides behind his religious appearance, church attendance, tithing, giving, morality, even holding an office in the church. But Jesus Christ comes and he pulls the mask off and he says, you're nothing but a hypocrite. You hate God. And rather than facing their sin, they say, do away with him. We're not going to have anybody say that about us. He pulls the mask off. He reveals them for what they are. They're rebellious creatures who hate God and are antagonistic to his truth. And we were all like that if you came from some type of religious background. The rejection of Jesus Christ is simply the evidence that they already hate God. Let me reiterate, it's not that everybody worships in his own way. You know, there are all ways to get to heaven, people say, and you have your way and I have my way. It's not that at all. But that man invents his own God because he hates the true God. It's as simple as that. As simple as that. Jesus said in John 3.19, Light has come into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than the light, for their deeds were evil. They don't want their wicked deeds exposed. And they hide those deeds behind uh, a religious facade. Religious facade. That's important for you to, for you to understand. Now, Who is Jesus specifically talking about? Let's take it a step further to go back to John chapter 15. And let's jump down to John 16. Who is he talking about? This is fascinating. This is fascinating. Verse 1. These things I have spoken to you that you may be kept from stumbling. Hey, what he's saying is when it happens and you get persecuted, I don't want you to say, oh, the Lord never told us about this. He said, I, I want you to not be, not stumble. I'm predicting it ahead of time so you'll know that, that uh, I know what I'm talking about. But notice verse 2. They will make you outcast from the synagogues, but an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think that he's offering service to God. Do you realize what that is saying? This is fascinating. This verse doesn't teach that the secular world is going to kill them, but the religious world is going to kill them. The religious world is going to oppose Christ far more than the secular world. And that has generally been true in history. That may astound you, but that's true. In fact, the word service, he said, there's coming a day when people kill you, they're going to think that they're serving God. The word service in the Greek language speaks of religious service, of worship. They're going to think they're doing God a favor by eliminating you. That's an incredible statement. Jesus says there is coming a time when religious people think that they're serving and worshiping God when they kill you. Uh, Didn't this happen in the early church? Do you remember a young man by the name of Saul of Tarsus who executed Christians because in his zeal he thought he was honoring the Lord? It's an amazing fact of history, of the history of persecution, that some of the greatest atrocities of mankind's history has been done in the name of God. The Catholic Church has murdered so many people in the name of Jesus Christ, that it's incredible. The Spanish Inquisition, interesting to me that uh, uh, they're having the peace talks, or we're having it in Spain, but uh, you think of the Spanish Inquisition, and how many people were killed in the name of Jesus Christ. 
And the Crusades. Horrible. They just kill people on their way in the name of Christ. Anybody they thought didn't believe like they believe, they just eliminated. Terrible, terrible thing. And they justified such atrocities as service to God. Service to God. Terrible things. Some of you can relate to this type of persecution. You haven't been, obviously, tortured by any religious authorities, but you have been harassed by family members who don't understand your conversion. I have many friends who come from a, a Roman Catholic background who have really been harassed, and, and their parents and family have accused you of being a traitor and apostate to the one true faith. Or maybe you are Jewish and, you, and you've come to believe in Jesus as Messiah and almost every Jewish person who accepts the Messiah goes through a tough time with their family. Tough time. Uh, they even have a word for, for a traitor, an apostate, a mashumid. Mashumid, traitor, an apostate. And this is always more difficult to take than, uh, than secular persecution. Always more difficult because it strikes at the very heart of our faith. And it, it considers us as heretics who have left the true church or the true way or the true belief. That's very difficult. Martin Luther stood against the Catholic Church and he was excommunicated by them. And here's what he was accused, accused of by them. He said, they said to him, you are a heretic, an apostle of the devil. You are preaching against God's people and the church. Yes, against God himself. You know why? Because he dared to say that salvation is by grace alone. Basically what he said. Now the question is, how could the world make such a colossal blunder? How could the, the religious world make such an incredible mistake? They murdered Christ, they, they murder believers, and they persecute God's servants. And they think that they're serving God. Why? Because they hate the God of the Bible. That's why. Verse 3 says this, And these things they will do because they have not known the Father or me. They hide behind their religious games to cover up the fact that they don't want to know God and submit to him. It's difficult for us to grasp this at times. I, I had a real difficulty grasping this when I first came to know the Lord. Real difficulty. Uh, with some relatives and, and trying to put all this in perspective. And yet this is absolutely true. It's difficult because we look around and we observe people who seem very, very kind and, and very gentle and very religious. They're zealous about their religion and they're quite observant. And uh, you see, we just can't see their heart. The Bible reveals their hearts. Jesus revealed their hearts. That's why they eliminated him. They didn't want that. that their comfort zone was, in, was invaded. And listen, while we love these people and we want to share our faith with them, we need to understand that just being sincere, and they may be very sincere, doesn't make a person right. They may be sincerely wrong. Isn't, what, isn't this what Paul said about the Jewish uh, people in Romans 10? He said, I, I tell you, they have a zeal for God, but it's not according to knowledge. You can be zealous, but you can be wrong. It's not the issue of your zeal. The issue of what, what is the truth. I remember a number of years ago when I first came to Christ, somebody invited me at the University of South Florida. They invited me to uh, a religious meeting. I'll just call it that, a religious meeting. And uh, I went there. I was brand new in the faith, and I, it was just a small meeting. Just a, it, it was just a little room, and some people were there. And, in fact, one of my professors was there. And uh, 
everybody went around the room and saying certain things. I don't remember all that they said, but I sat there and, and I realized that nobody has said anything about Jesus. Now, I'm a brand new believer. I don't know a whole lot, but I know that you're supposed to speak about Jesus. And I mean, I knew that. And uh, so I, I thought I would just slip out very quietly, deciding never to come back. And, uh, and they said, we have one person here who hasn't said anything, you know, and I looked around, but I knew who they meant. And I, I told them my concern. And I said, you know, I'm really concerned that uh, I've not heard anything about Jesus Christ. And I'll never forget my teacher said, and I, I didn't know her very well, and, but she said, uh, it really doesn't matter what you call God. You may call him your stomach. I remember her saying that. She said, but it really doesn't matter what label we put on him. Now, I wasn't too swift as far as my understanding of the scriptures, but I knew my stomach wasn't God. I mean, I knew that. I didn't have to go to Bible school and seminary to figure that one out. And, but that was the attitude. And this was a religious group of people who thought they were very, very pious, and they met to discuss uh, whatever they discussed. But it certainly wasn't the truth of, of scripture. And so that, that just always stuck in, in my mind. And... Um, we need to understand that's where religious people are coming from. They may not be as blatant to say anything about your stomach like that, but uh, that's that's where they are coming from. So when the religious establishment is forced to take a look at themselves, and Jesus does that, and they see what they really are, they hate Jesus for showing them what they really are, and they take it out on him rather than repenting and 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 uh, and dealing with their own sin. Recently, I read the story about an African chief, a, a woman who's an African chief who visited a mission station, and outside the missionary's hut was a little tree that had a mirror hanging on it. And as she passed by, the chief walked by that tree. She happened to look into this mirror, and guess what she saw? Herself, and it horrified her. It horrified her. Gazing at her own reflection, she saw terrifying paint and, and uh, threatening features, but she said, who is that horrible-looking creature inside that tree? Now, the missionary replied, and he said, oh, it's, it's not in the tree. The glass is reflecting your own face. But the African chief would not believe him until she actually held the mirror in her hands, and she saw herself. She said, I must have this mirror. How much will you sell it for? And the missionary said, I don't want to sell it. But she, she kind of pressed him and he didn't want any trouble. So he decided to sell it to her. But after she bought it, the chief took the mirror and she exclaimed, I will never have it making faces at me again. And with that, she threw the mirror down and she broke it into a lot of pieces. And you know, that is exactly what the religious leaders of Christ's day did to him. They killed Jesus in an attempt to smash the mirror that reflected the true nature of their souls. Jesus forced them to look at their souls and to see that they don't love God, they hate God, and they took that mirror, meaning Christ, and they tried to smash it and silence that mirror. But in doing this, the crucifixion, listen, this is the irony of it, the crucifixion reveals clearer than ever the nature of, of mankind. It reveals clearer than ever what they really were like, haters of God who were so willfully ignorant of him that they actually crucified him rather than, than deal with their own true nature. So we know that the religious world, both yesterday and today, will oppose Jesus Christ for two reasons. Number one, they are threatened by him. They want to control people, and they're threatened by him. They're jealous of his influence on the people, and they don't want to lose their grip on the multitude. 
Secondly, he exposed them for what they really were, hypocrites, haters of God, concerned only with an appearance of religiosity and, and an appearance of love for God. And when Jesus unmasked them, they sought to silence him. Now the question is, what do we do about this? Now that you know this, so what? What do you do? You, you now should have a grasp on the fact that religious people hate Jesus Christ. But what is to be your response and your attitude towards religious people? Well, let's look at John 15 again. John 15. This is really an exposition of John 15 and 16, but that's why I said we use Mark as a springboard. What's our response to all of this? Are we to retreat? Are we to say, whoa, that is a wicked world. I don't want to have anything to do with them. No. Verse 16, verse 26, rather, of John 15, Jesus said, when the Helper comes, he's speaking of the Spirit of God, after he goes, the Spirit of God comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness of me. The Holy Spirit will go and he will make clear to people about Jesus Christ. He will convict them. He will draw them to, to the Lord Jesus. He will, he's the regenerating agent and the person, but it's not just him. What are we to do? Verse 27. And you will bear witness also. Why? Because you've been with me from the beginning. You know what we're, what our job to do with a, with a religious world and a secular world for that matter that hates Jesus Christ? We're not to retreat. We're not to go and try to pass laws to make America more Christian. That's not our, our, our commission. Some may be called in a unique way, but that's not the commission that we're given. We are told that we are to be witnesses to these people. We are to tell them about Jesus Christ. And you say, but they, they, might, they might hurt me. They might. They might kill me. They might. Uh, that's why just, uh, just a little bit in that wonderful song that, that Jim sang, he said, look to the cross. Jesus spoke about discipleship. That's what it's all about. They might hurt you, but our job is to confront them, this world that hates Jesus Christ, to confront them with the truth that Jesus Christ doesn't hate them, he loves them, and he wants them for for uh, his own, and he wants them to submit and surrender their lives to him and to trust him. See, that answers the reason, or that answers the question, really, why Jesus didn't take every believer to heaven the moment the moment we're saved. And some of us might wonder about that. Life is tough. Lord, you can certainly mature me in heaven. Why do you need to mature me here? I can be instantly perfected. Well, because you and I are his witnesses. We're not in this alone. The Holy Spirit goes before us. We can't convince anybody to, to become a, a child of the king. We can't manipulate people into the kingdom. We can only faithfully proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's the Holy Spirit who must do the work of regeneration. Now, we need to be careful that we, that we speak up for Christ. We need to be careful that we don't retreat. And some of us uh, have, have so surrounded ourselves in our little Christian subculture that I spoke about earlier that uh, we don't have any contact with unbelievers. We don't have contact with them. We don't know what it is to have somebody who doesn't know Christ over for dinner. They might say a curse word. They might. In fact, they probably will. That's, that's not gonna, that's not gonna harm you. You can handle that. But we need to reach out and we need to befriend people and we need to confront the world in a, in a gracious and loving and kind way about Jesus Christ. Uh, you need to be careful that you don't, you, you don't get caught up in a little Christian clique. 
where you never venture out of that. Now, you need to have fellowship, and there's a balance, and you need to be in church, and you need to be uh, praying with people and fellowshipping, but you certainly need to be reaching out to the to the lost. Our responsibility to take is, is to go to the, the world's hatred and tell them that God loves them and Jesus died for them, and they can accept him. And that's that's what we're to do. We are his tools to take the gospel to a Christ-rejecting world. But I would be remiss if I didn't say that uh, there may be some here today who are very religious themselves and are actually haters of, of God. You don't have to be annoyed at Christ. You don't have to be annoyed at us. You don't have to be annoyed at Mamie. You could be. It's all right. But you don't need to be. You need to just face the truth that in your heart you, you hate God. You don't love God. You hate God. You may, you know, you may love the God that you've created, but you don't love the God of the Bible. And so if that's the case, then you need to admit your sinfulness and trust Jesus Christ. And, and don't try to cover it up and harden your heart, but you need to admit that you actually hate God. And if it were possible, you would have crucified him yourself. And you need to let God change your heart and trust him for your eternal destiny. Let's bow for prayer. I wonder if the truth has infuriated you this morning. If you hear these words and think, that is ridiculous, I love God, I don't believe in salvation through Christ, but I love God. No, no, you, you don't. You don't love the God who has revealed himself in the scriptures. And you need to face that. The first step in coming to Christ is recognizing your sinfulness. You, you've let your heart deceive you. Don't let it deceive you anymore. You need to come to Jesus Christ, admitting your sin, admitting that you are a rebel against God, and trusting Jesus is the only way to heaven, because he paid for those sins. And we invite you after the service to, to come up and, and go uh, and speak to somebody. There'll be some folks right, uh, right at the exit at the front of the church by the organ. Just speak to some, go through there, there'll be somebody who'll speak to you about Christ. And dear Christian friend, if, you, uh, if you've grasped what this, what this is all about, then you need to have a new commitment to share the gospel. Ask God to bring people your way. Ask God to bring you into relationships with the unsaved, that you can speak to them about Christ, and, and, and not just speak to them, but care about them and befriend them. And they, Our job is to share this beloved gospel. Father, Thank you for the truth. Lord, these are not easy words to read, and they're certainly not easy words to teach and explain, but it is the truth. And I pray that the truth will set us free from preconceived notions about religious people and motives. Lord, help us to understand the human heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. And I pray that... You will help us in understanding this, Lord, to have a, a keen desire to share the gospel. And not just in a hit or miss way, but to actually reach out and befriend people. And Father, I pray that you would help us to keep in mind that we are not to, to move away from the world, but move towards them, not to become like them, but to reach out to them. Father, I thank you that there was a time when Jesus exposed me for what I was. And each one here, 
And he exposed us for being hypocrites and hating you and being rebellious. And I pray that you'll make that clear to all of us that we are simply sinners saved by grace. But we pray this in the precious name of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. There is more to this subject, and Pastor Steve Kreloff will continue our lesson on the next Verse by Verse. Verse by Verse is a daily radio Bible class produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by caring listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. Our lesson today was the conclusion of a three-part message. To listen to the entire message without announcements, order a CD or cassette by calling us at 727-239-0306. If you get the answering machine, leave your name and number, and we'll get back to you so you can order your copy. If you'd like to listen again to today's broadcast, visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. We also have hundreds of previous classes available for download, or you can just listen online. The web address again is versebyverseradio.org. Over the next three lessons, as we study some of the reasons